This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. It is Wednesday, November 25th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. I'm joined by Chris Hummer, National College Football Writer for 24-7 Sports. Chris, it's late Tuesday night. Uh, we have playoff rankings finally out. Uh, November 24th is a little late, later than what we're used to for the rankings, but we have them. Um, and I think there's enough storylines here to pique my interest. Usually I, you know, I can't always talk myself into caring every Tuesday, but this is, this is pretty good. And I, I was reading your, your takeaways article and I agreed with you leading off with a group of five teams. Usually we don't do that, but where Cincinnati is and then where BYU is grabbed your attention, didn't it? Yeah, it has to. And like these rankings were something like I realized this must have been a very difficult job for the committee, uh, given how uneven a lot of these resumes were. But there are some eye opening selections. But I think you have to start with Cincinnati. The Bearcats checked in at number seven. And that's a bit of a history making kind of note because no team in the college football ranking seven year history from the group of five had ever ranked higher than eight. And that was UCF in 2018, kind of at the top of their 27-game win streak. That was as good as it gets for a group of five team, we thought. But Cincinnati at 8-0 and without a Power 5 victory is ahead of teams like Northwestern, which is 5-0 and in the Big Ten, Miami at 7-1. and Like, that was that's pretty surprising to me. I expected Cincinnati to be ninth or 10th behind probably those two teams. But the committee placing them there position Cincinnati to make a legitimate run at the playoff if things break their way. So for Cincinnati, what needs to happen other than going undefeated? The, the eye test, how much does it matter, Chris, as far as blowing teams out? And then I saw that it, it has you know some opponents like Tulsa. It needs Tulsa currently at 25 to stay in those rankings. It needs some American teams to, to stay ranked. You think this is legitimate? I think they have a shot. It's like they're going to need some help. There's no question about that. They need Alabama to win out. They need Ohio State to win out. They need Notre Dame to win out. Yep. Because if Clemson gets in the, if Clemson enters the ACC championship game with one loss, beats Notre Dame, and Notre Dame's a one loss team, and that game is reasonably close the second time around, Notre Dame is getting in the playoff over Cincinnati. Absolutely no doubt in my mind. And it would also help Cincinnati if Texas A&M lost one more time. But I don't even think it's a guarantee, based on kind of where we sit now, that Texas A&M ranks ahead of Cincinnati at the end of the day. I think the maximum number of games Texas A&M can play at this point is nine, based on the way the schedule set up sets up. Cincinnati can play 11. And Cincinnati still, as you said, has the top 25 game against Tulsa. So if they dominate there, kind of really show they belong, I think there's a chance. But they kind of need all that to happen, plus like the committee not falling in love with somebody like a two-loss Oklahoma, which kind of surprised me at number 11 in these initial rankings. So if Oklahoma gets really hot, blows teams out the rest of the way, like there's a chance a two-loss Oklahoma is in over Cincinnati. But like UCF never had a chance for Cincinnati to even be in this position is really notable. So while you were doing that, I realized I should probably read out uh, the top 10. So, so gather your BYU thoughts while I do that. Bama's one, Notre Dame is number two, number three is Clemson, number four is Ohio State. 
Chris, that's exactly how you had it in your projections piece on Tuesday morning, so job well done. Five is A&M. Six is Florida. Seven, Cincinnati, as you know. Eight is Northwestern. Um, nine is Georgia, which we both think is too high. And 10 is Miami. You go all the way down to 14 to finally find BYU. Look, the Cougars schedule, we've been talking about it for months now. It's not what it was supposed to be before COVID-19 hit. They played Boise State. They played Houston, Navy, and Troy. They're, they're, they're blasting opponents. Massive scoring margin. Every game but one is by 17 points or more. They have open schedules, or they have open dates remaining. There's talk that they could schedule something with Washington. I don't know where that sits right now, but Chris, it seems like they kind of need to do something here. Schedule a few a Pac-12 team or two in addition to its San Diego State clash on December 12th to have any hope and any hope at all of moving up. And I, I think we both know it's slim here. Yeah. I think BYU's playoff chances were done tonight. Like absolutely no shot, no matter who they schedule, even if you schedule Oregon, which I guess could conceivably happen with Oregon having a buy or an open week this week. Cause of the civil war being canceled like that wins, not going to be enough to put BYU ahead of these teams. But I, I just want to say real quick, and this is more of an opinion like BYU being ranked behind Iowa state, which got blasted in week one by Louisiana is absolutely ridiculous. Like, BYU is beating teams by 31.4 points per game. Like, I understand that the competition hasn't been very good. I understand their best win comes with an asterisk, with Boise State having multiple players out. But, like, you don't beat teams by 31 points a game by accident. BYU is legitimate. And if you watch them every week, or if you watch them even sometimes, you would see that. I This one by the committee is kind of crazy to me. Like, I, I just don't understand. I'm going to fact check you there. Oregon versus Oregon State has not been canceled. Oh, I am so would- sorry. No, no, it's it's fine. I have a vested interest in that game. Um, it the Pac-12, Chris. While we're there, and then I I promise everyone we're going to jump to the front runners. The Pac-12. You said BYU's chances are cooked. I kind of feel like the Pac-12s are too, huh? Like Oregon's fifteen, USC's eighteen. I don't, you know, Washington's not in there yet. Yeah, it would behoove one of these schools to play BYU as well. Yeah, no chance. They can have a maximum of seven games if you win the Pac-12 championship. And like, that's just not going to get it done because there's nobody other than themselves. There's nobody on the schedule. That's kind of close to being a top 25 team. Maybe Washington works its way there, but given kind of the mass cancelizations we're seeing out West, like it, I, I wonder if either one of the teams is going to be able to get their whole regular season schedule in. And I just think with those two teams being 15 and 18 respectively, and Ohio state being number four with just four wins kind of shows you, the difference between how the committee looks at a contender like Ohio state versus the PAC 12s, two top teams. I think if the committee thought more highly of either one of those teams, they would be ranked a little higher. I wasn't on with you for Monday's episode, but if I was, I would have mentioned that Oregon is playing like it knows it doesn't have a chance in the PAC 12 or in the playoff race, not sharp at all. Okay. Let's move to the top. Alabama went out. You're in, you probably get in even if you lose to Florida, Notre Dame, and Clemson, like we think we know what's going to happen there. What happens if Notre Dame loses to North Carolina on Friday, Chris? North Carolina is 19 in the rankings. Um, I think that would I th- I think that could potentially be the the largest playoff wrench right now. And I I guess we're not gonna we don't quite know, but the teams who it could benefit, like in Oklahoma sitting down there at 11. You were slacking me yesterday. You said, hey, I'm I'm predicting it now. Oklahoma's furious case for a playoff bid is going to be a big storyline in the next month because the Sooners are playing so well and their losses were so early and and you know we Oklahoma has some playoff 
playoff street cred, but there's there's the potential here for some some weirdness, and I I, I do think it starts with Notre Dame versus North Carolina on Friday. Yeah, North Carolina is a fun chaos team in general. Like North Carolina is very good, and they still have Miami, and they still have Notre Dame left on the schedule. A pair of top ten teams, so North Carolina can throw a real wrench in the playoff talk. And honestly, like I'm not saying North Carolina is going to get back in this mix. Like you can't after losing to Florida State this year, but like I think you could see North Carolina if they win both of those games, like make a push, and people will talk about them as a potential playoff team. But they're not. They're not going to get in. But anyway, like yeah, Notre Dame losing, I don't really think affects the playoff race all that much but it does make things a little easier for a cincinnati because like the winner of that clemson notre dame game is going to get in and the loser is going to be out like any scenario in which two teams from the sec or the acc gets in makes everything else a lot less kind of interesting so if let's say north carolina if north carolina was to upset uh, notre dame this weekend i think it would actually solidify the playoff path a little bit more for other teams but it would open things up for the rest of the kind of a uh, teams in the mix when you see Clemson at three and Ohio State at four does that mean the committee cares more about the number of games played Clemson's played eight games Ohio State's played four or does the committee care more about that that like Ohio State didn't look very good against Indiana I think it's a combination of both I think um we know very well and Ohio State fans know really well that extra data points matter to the committee when comparing compare when comparing te- like teams, and um, I think that certainly makes a difference. Clemson's played double the number of games, but I think Clemson, for the most part, like they've had some scares, but they've looked just as dominant, if not more dominant, than Ohio State so far. Like Ohio State's looked good, but I don't think they've looked like the juggernaut maybe we expected. That Indiana game certainly raises some eyebrows. The way Rutgers kind of started to come back in the second half raises some eyebrows. So I think we still have questions about Ohio State, and it does not surprise me at all that they went with a team with a larger sample size, given that both teams have kind of uh, played to the same level this season, if not Clemson a little higher. I expected to see Ohio State at four, but you know, call me insane, but if if they had even said A and M or Florida above the Buckeyes, I wouldn't have blinked all too all too much. Just the the number of games played, same, and the fact that Ohio State hasn't lit the world on fire. And I am for as far as Ohio State goes, and if they went out, they're in. Their schedule just isn't very good, Chris. I, I don't know if we're going to have an idea of to who Ohio State is until the playoff, because they're going to play Northwestern in the Big Ten title game. Probably Wisconsin just had a game canceled this weekend. The Badgers are going to be below the threshold. Plus, they already lost to Northwestern. But Michigan's not good. Like Penn State wasn't good. Props to Indiana. Please, pleasing to see them at twelve. Um, so I, I. I like the Big Ten, the Big Ten is so wide open right now. I don't really know how good anybody is. Like Iowa, honestly, might be the second best team in the Big Ten. Like I do wonder if Iowa and play Northwestern played again. I think Iowa wins that game. So it's just kind of, and given how up and down Wisconsin was due to kind of the COVID situation and everything else that's happened in the league, I totally agree. Like we're not going to know about Ohio State until come playoff time. The College Football Daily will be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Yeah, Iowa comes in at number 24. All right, we'll get you out of here with this. Uh, tell me your, your team that's ranked too high, and then tell me your team that's ranked too low. Georgia's, Georgia's way too high. Like, and you can't repeat things. Like, you can't say BYU at, at 14. So Georgia at 9, yeah, too high, right? Like, way too like, high. Like, they've gotten blown out by the two best teams they've played this year. Yeah, and then they beat Mississippi State by a touchdown. They just now found their quarterback. I can see a scenario in, in a month where Georgia's definitely a top 10 team, but... They're not playing with it. You know, I, I don't I don't see them beating Miami or Oklahoma right now. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think Georgia's way too high, and I think it's a little bit of an SEC bias move by the uh, committee. And, like, the talent's there, but I don't think the results have been there to justify Georgia being ranked behind or ranked ahead of Miami even at a number 10. As for too low, um, maybe I'm being a G5 guy right here, but Coastal – Oh, I thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say Texas at seventeen. Texas is not ranked too low. Texas is ranked, in my opinion, too high. Yeah, yeah no, it's fun. But like, up. I think Coastal Carolina and Marshall uh, together, they're combined fifteen and zero. Are probably ranked a touch too low. I'd like to see a little bit of credit given there. Uh, if you're gonna point out a specific team like that has a chance to even be in this mix, I think Indiana at four and one should maybe be ranked slightly higher. But I think Georgia's the one that really sticks out in my mind. Yeah. Well, it was it was a fun fun conversation, Chris. I think this is. I remember last year the first rankings had you know, Penn State four and Clemson five, so that was a good storyline. But I don't know this this feels like a, a pretty meaty top twenty five from the playoff committee. So excited to see how it changes as the weeks go on. I, I feel like we have several compelling scenarios set to play out this weekend. Will be big, and uh, I think I'm already starting to get excited for championship weekend. So. Um, fingers crossed that we, we get there even as, as the road might be bumpy. All right, Chris, thanks for joining us, man. Happy Thanksgiving. I appreciate you being on the college football daily twice in the last three days. Uh, you're a, you're a workhorse and it's, uh, it's a, you deserve a few days off as, as do I maybe. Um, so, so speaking of that, this will be our last episode of the college football daily until next Monday. Um, so you know, enjoy your, enjoy your football, enjoy your food. If you are lucky enough to be with your family, this week um be safe and, and enjoy that too uh for chris hummer for for our producer michael Mormile, i'm trey scott have a great rest of your week we'll talk to you on monday for the college football daily cbs wednesday we have so many cool diverse people from different backgrounds different beliefs different upbringings and it just keeps growing citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game full speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.